Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. That's Sheen for Colony Confidential. What's up, everybody? It's Joey Sauce. We're back. Season 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Season 4. <laughs> I get it confused. Because he we, was never good at math, I'll be honest with you. It is uh, 2022 is year 4. We started in March of 18. We're on a... We're on a roll. We have what? Over 200 episodes. Yeah. The amount of you working hard here. Continuing to grow. A lot of great partnerships happening. A lot of new stuff happening. I just want to personally apologize to everybody out there that uh, has been inundated with Ed Sheehan Facebook messages. I assure you we have the best IT department in the country working on it now. Yeah, been um, hacked. Been hacked, imagine. I, so, I've been violated. Whoa. <laughs> Somebody's sending out nasty messages. I don't even know what they're saying, but I, I know when friends of mine were hacked, I never got a nasty message, but I got people wanted to be my friends. So I don't want to be friends with anybody right now, okay? What can I tell you? Anyway, we have the best people in the world working on this. So how do we know that Ed was hacked? A very good friend of ours. Yeah, what, what did they say to him? A promising up-and-coming artist. Very bright guy. A good friend from Cipollone Art. Check him out on Instagram and Facebook. Francesco sends me a text message from Italy with, this is how they reach out to Francesco. All is well, so many blessings, can't count them. Life is good, everything is going about as good as I could for right now. Have you heard about the great news? Now this is allegedly Ed talking to Francesco. <laughs> And so Francesco writes back, I'm happy to hear, brother, what's the news? And here's where Francesco definitely knows it's messed up. Has anyone recently contacted you about home care cash grant, or did you receive any email from them? And he just writes, nope. And then they just go on, oh, really? I thought you have gotten your two cash grant has been donated to us by the humanity organization. Anyway, so it's very easy to spot, but the concern is that just by answering, you could also be hacked. Yeah. So don't click on anything. I'm not sending anything to anybody. I'm, I'm quarantining myself until this problem is resolved. A lot of good things have been going on even during the off season. You guys all saw AOPC. Make sure you're checking out autofonecall.com. Appreciate everybody that's already signed up. Again, I can't say this enough. Feedback is important from all of you that have taken it. We appreciate it. Thank you to everybody that supports us, all of our partners, all of our associates. But most importantly, without you guys, the listeners, we wouldn't be the phenomenon that we are. So we appreciate you all. Ed would still be a phenomenon in his own mind. I found my true calling. What's that? Grabbing people on the street <laughs> and getting them to confess to sins and other things. Oh, man, yes. So that, that was Mardi Gras. A whole nother thing. Wait for the footage on that to come out. Thank God we got insurance for this thing. <laughs> so, like I said, a lot of big stuff going on. Colony Confidential, we are doing a first for the podcast. We will be saying? What, going south? We're going south. We're going pretty far south. We're staying within the U.S. territories, but we will be doing a seminar in Puerto Rico in February, and everyone's invited. And what is the seminar about, pray tell? So everything that the podcast is always about, it's about constant elevation and evolution and growth. And really the podcast is for high functioning and high producing entrepreneurs. It's going to be about building a business to sell or 
run without you. And that's all you've heard us preach about since day one, since I've been in business. I've always wanted a smooth running machine. Not that I'm going to be absent, but it needs to be able to run without me. And essentially, those two things are the same. Building your business to be sold is getting everything in place, all the proper systems, financials, etc. That is also the way for it to run so that you can take a vacation maybe for a month and go to Barbados like Mr. America used to do or whatever. Focus on other things, maybe like a podcast. Or something that's always near and dear to my heart, how to make more money, how to increase revenue. Right. And if you have enough money, God bless you. A really important part for all of us, certainly for entrepreneurs out there, mental health and wellness. We probably have one of the top speakers around talking about basically how to have it all. Talking about mental health, something never got talked about when I was in, in the game. You were nuts or you were nuts. It was two categories. Another piece to the entire puzzle to have it all is the mental health and wellness. And, and as Ed has mentioned, that was spoken about a lot back in the days, right? No. It was, there was very little about that. I came to the conclusion that the mental health, it went from you're upset to you're batshit crazy. And then you solved it by screaming or having a cocktail or two. There was no, nobody worried about mental health, which was sad. I wish they had, because I could have used it. So that's a major piece in today's world as owners and CEOs, presidents, or if you're an owner operator at every level, the stress is real. And how do you deal with it? How can you better deal with it? And basically one of the speakers that we have is going to be talking about how to have it all, how to have the business, have a work-life, family balance. And that's part of the mental health piece and wellness. People always say, Money cannot buy happiness. And Sheen, have you ever seen that person that's super successful, uber successful, right, from the outside? Just think of social media, how great these people look on social media. Yeah, and then what's get, really going on? Get them on. alone. Like, you go, we had this association that used to meet once a month. This particular person I'm thinking of, came out with good ideas. I'm saying, this guy really got his shit together. And then you're drinking a couple of drinks and everything, everything's wrong. Nothing's perfect. And I think what I got from that, nothing's perfect. You get it as close to perfect as you can. You never get there. So you can either bitch and moan or you can be upset and get over it. You did the best you can, and that's not so bad, but you're not going to get perfect, okay? It doesn't exist. And some of the things that we have learned as we evolve. You call that evolve. I call it Learning from your mistakes. <laughs> That's evolving. You want to evolve, so you take that and you apply it. Also, I learned you can't solve problems by yourself. I had a problem, and what I was doing wasn't doing it. I had this friend, and he told me, did you ever think of fogging the ceilings? You're going to have to shut down floors. It was a hospital. I said, wow, this is really, I don't think they're going to do this. After I explained my case, and that was how we were going to solve the problem. We did 10 floors in, I don't know, a little over three weeks, and a problem solved. You have a problem, don't try and solve it all by yourself. And I guess that fits into mental health. Other things, I had a problem with water bugs. And I talked to another gentleman who's a friend of mine, took a look at it and solved the problem. So if you have a problem, 
Maybe you have a friend that could be even a competitor, and he's your friend. He's going to have a problem. Maybe you can help him with the problem. That's part of mental health in my book. So I guess I was into mental health, even though I didn't realize it. I think to a certain extent, yes, it's part of mental health. But I just want to rewind real quick for everybody out there that's a pest management professional. You heard what Ed just said about fogging using an ultra-low volume machine in a hospital. Could you imagine trying to do that today? Anyway, well, just, let me explain what we did. It was two sides to each floor, north and south. We put up a barrier, plastic sheeting, one side on the 10th floor, one side on the north side on the 10th, north side on the 9th. All the residents were taken out for a day in the wherever, or they, if they weren't that ambulatory, they went in to play bingo somewhere. All the, all the alarms were shut off. Yeah, I'm just saying, even thinking about doing that to this day. Oh, it's a good talker. It's also a good talk. Tech, no. <laughs> so with the evolution of IPM and everything that we do, it just you'd be hard-pressed to see that happening in this day and age. I don't know. Now it would be tackled a much different way. So how this all started, and we went off on this other track, was talking about our seminar in Puerto Rico that's going to tie all this together. How to build your business for it to run on its own and eventually sell or to run without you. That is the goal. And every other piece, they're all connected. Building your business, setting up processes and systems for it to run smoothly, which incorporates the customer service and the team engagement piece, and the mental health and wellness piece. Certainly for you as an owner, high-functioning entrepreneurs, but also you can take all of the pieces that we're going to be talking about and give them to your team. The mental health and wellness, you'll get ideas for your team from that. But the idea is basically how to make sure that you are enjoying everything that you're doing and building. So that's what this seminar is really all about. Bring the kitties, bring the wife. Guaranteed to have the time of your life and learn a lot. Did you just come up with that right now? That was a rhyme. Did you know that? You're a poet and you didn't know it? I stole it from the Mets. Oh. So yeah, a lot of new stuff going on. You've already seen a snippet of Ed's interviewing career. Even though that started back when I was about 10 years old, I'll never forget, we were at a surf club and they had the horseshoe tournament oh, and yeah. Ed put on like a Dick Tracy hat. What kind of hat would you call that? I would call it Indiana Jones hat. Sure, that's fine. And then he took, he took a piece of paper and wrote the word press on it and stuck <laughs> it in his hat and interviewed all of the people playing in the horseshoe tournament and then random people. There's got, I'm sure there's a video floating around somewhere in the archives of the family. When we had the camcorder, that was like the size of a car. So as you can see, I have a long history of accosting people in the street. Accosting is definitely the right word. <laughs> Some has been good. The off time is always good. Obviously, for me, running a pest control company, some is always busy, so it's always good to take some time off from this, but also, again, take a break in the middle of it. Most of the management team takes some time off during the summer, which is good because it is busy. Highlights from the summer. Highlights from the summer? First international trip for me since COVID. It was amazing and reminded me I need to get back to traveling, which is something I really enjoy. That was a highlight for me. What happened with me? I know I went somewhere. Most of my summer, to be honest with you, was straightening out the yard. I'm still waiting for a guy once he comes and puts a new fence in i think we'll be pretty well set up yeah, highlights the kids came down that's always fun but i know i went somewhere but i just can't remember where that happens when you get to be 100 
Anyway, you went a couple of places. You went to the Cape. Oh, yeah. I went up to see Norman and Nancy and Wally and Sue and this woman and this guy. I can't remember their name. Anyway, always a good time. I met these people when I was in the south of France and in Paris 20 years ago. We stayed friends. They're mostly, they talk funny. It's hard to understand them. They're from New England. So they have cars where we have cars. And they pack and we park, whatever. Anyway, we have a good time together, some good food. Norman has a great place. He's kind enough to open his doors up. But that was the big trip, I think. I've been cutting down plants and shrubs all summer. One of the highlights was Colony going back and having their summer picnic at Belmont. Oh, Uh, yeah. I think the team really enjoyed it. (laughs) And listen, this is one of the things that we talk about. Do your best to engage your team on a social level, not just the end of the year holiday dinner if you do a holiday dinner you should pepper some in here and there there should be more for them to get to know each other and truly it's all about knowing your audience right we have people that work for the company that are in every borough not staten island we don't really consider that a borough just kidding not really but we have everybody in almost every borough parts of the suburbs a couple people in jersey so keep that in mind we do some happy hours we do some bowling events, and we know not every single team member is going to come, but maybe we'll do one in Manhattan. Then you do another one in Queens. So you just got to pay attention, but you want it to a certain extent cater to the whole team and team building. And anytime we do an event, it just reminds us that we need to do more. You got to show the team that you care about them, that it's not just do this, do that. Hey, I got this thing if you want to go. Remember we did that thing at Pig Beach last year? Yeah. And uh, that was that we had a lot of people there. I always liked the racetrack. That's our colony, what, barbecue? Uh, summer picnic. The two big events are the summer picnic and the holiday party. But then yeah. one is coming up at the end of September. And we do a couple of other ones here and there just to really engage with the team. And not just let them know you care about them, but get to know them. Are we going bowling in September? Mm, I don't know. Bowl, bowling is usually March-ish. What are we doing in September? Happy hour. Where's that? Another smart thing to do is we do it at, a, at different customers' locations. Yeah, I know. I know. We've, we've been doing that for a while, even during COVID. Yes. COVID, we, we've been doing it forever, but we just realized. Yeah, people had stayed open or kept us on because they didn't want to yes. see tons of rats. Then we grabbed our boys and girls, and it was... Uh, Good night out, good food, good yes. cocktails. And that's how, during COVID, we certainly, anybody that kept us, we tried to paint, like, the people that we service that have about four or five different locations. We probably went to every single one of their locations during COVID just because they never stopped service. They may have scaled back, but they always, they wanted to keep us, so we wanted to give back. And then we just realized that we got to start doing all of our events at places that we service because it just makes sense. Some of you have some key accounts for whatever, hospitals, nursing homes, fraternal organizations. Every year they'll have a dinner and you got to go to that dinner and make the rounds at the table. You're not taking your troops with you. I'm going to interject. Yes. Depends on what the dinner costs. Because let's just say, right? Yeah. Most of, and we do a lot of healthcare, so we know. There's a certain golf outing that I would love to go to that one of our healthcare facilities does, it's $10,000 for a foursome. It, sometimes dollars gotta make sense. We, we can't do the foursome. It just, it, 
it would destroy the profit. But what do you do? You figure out another way to be present. Maybe you get a journal ad, maybe you do a, a whole sponsorship, something like that. But you can't like, we currently do a chain of facilities that maybe, let's just say is worth $1,500 a month. They have an event coming up. A ticket is $1,700 for that event. Would it be small for me to go to that? No. no. So you do have to do your best to attend these things, but dollars still need to make sense. When you can attend, you should attend, but still remember, you got to pay attention to your numbers, everything like that to make sure it makes sense for the company. And then sometimes every once in a while, as most entrepreneurs do, we take a risk and we overspend or we over, we go somewhere because we see there's a potential reward with the risk, potential reward, and we take it. So... You just can't do that all the time because, yeah. And if you don't want to play golf, buy a ticket for dinner. Yes, if depending on what, absolutely. That's when we're all a little lit up. And when you find out with all these, quote unquote, very important people, they ain't different than us. They just put on a different front. But get a couple of good cocktails into them and you find that pro- about their problems and their regular people and, yeah. If it's, you play it right, you can worm your way in there. No, absolutely. And listen, not even worm your way in sounds. You can get in with them and, and become <laughs> friendly with them. But golf, right? Whether you're good at it or not, as an entrepreneur or a manager or a salesperson, you should be playing. You should be taking clients out. Because if you're a really good golfer, you have three and a half to four hours with them. And there's only so much nonsense or fake stuff that you could talk about and when you get into the third or fourth hole you will start to get to know each other for real and listen you can create bonds we've created bonds on the golf course with people that we are friends with now for 15 years based off this we can never create a relationship with them with our limited interaction at their facility it was 15 minutes here and there i would try and take them to lunch we would do lunch but it was during the work day so they were busy and then I said, do you guys want to play golf? Yes. Boom. And after about an hour of all of the superficial family and you talk about stuff, then you really get into the nitty gritty of life. You get to know them and boom, now you've created almost a friendship. My day was racquetball. I played some golf, but I played a lot of racquetball. But I noticed today pickleball is now the end thing for these older, older executives. You want to go for pickleball? I suggest you play doubles this way. You won't have legs too much. This is, I think pickleball sounds good. We should play. If you go back to AOPC and one of the big takeaways for me were words are brain food. So you just said when you get into a position of authority, I would say to change position of authority. How many people just felt a little, what authority, right? Because maybe... We don't like that word or certain people don't like that word. So when you become a leader or get in a leadership position, see the difference in that word. It's a difference. I'm not saying anything bad about what you said. I'm, I'm, just saying, I'm, I'm glad you told me that because I was really hurt. About your own <laughs> self saying authority? Or you were hurt because you thought I was... I'm just saying that this is exactly what we talk about. Like you, you well, can you, literally... You bring up a good point. Words are very important. In my day, it was authority. Now it's leadership and rightfully so you got to learn the language which you got to put a slight bit of effort which i apparently am not doing and probably won't do but that's part of my charm by the way uh, anyway maybe 
But it's true though. Words really are brain food and you can absolutely steer clear of, of confrontation with a team member, right? Team member, used to call them employees, but they're team members because we are all part of the same team. But you can avoid a team member shutting down or something along those lines or being put off just by changing your words and you can get the outcome you're looking for by changing your words. Now in Ed's day, and uh, listen, this would I was raised on this, so for me, we had to change. It was authority, and it was authoritative, and the way you spoke to your employees was not all the time good, and you didn't try to understand them, and you didn't necessarily try to work with them. And that was the mantra. That was That's, that's just what it was, and you're going to hear this word a lot from me. We've evolved as business owners, as people, and now this is it. And every time we talk about the words and using the words properly during AOPC, we ask pet peeves. Somebody brought up one of the pet peeves is when people refer to people in the office as my girls, the girls, the girl, right? Now, I, maybe everybody in the office is female. Doesn't matter, but you still say my team, the team, the office team. You know, I got yelled at over that years ago. About what? I uh, was in a hospital, and they were supposed, nurses and whoever was supposed to do stuff. And I usually walked in and said, you know, girls, there's a couple of things weren't done. Oh, why are you talking about that? So after that, I called them ladies. Yeah, and listen, I, that's probably not a bad thing. And it's unprofessional. A lot of that is unprofessional. But one of the things that our trainers are taught during training is to listen to the new team member, technician, or even office staff, but usually there's more interaction like this in the field. Listen for what, how the tech addresses people. There's certain words that just are unprofessional and are off-putting, right? Sweetheart, miss, no, but your miss is probably correct, but sweetheart, dear, people in a professional environment do not like that. And it happens, it happens. People use this. It's a very old term, but you know what I'm saying. We've had people that work for us that we said, yo, you cannot I have you a, cannot address these people like that. You could say, miss, this, something along those lines. This, this wasn't funny at the time. I'm laughing now. I had a really good technician, and I wanted to change technicians in a place that was a religious place. It was run by nuns. The guy... When he was working there, one of the nuns said to him, the head nun, actually, we have a problem on the fourth floor. He goes, all right, sweetheart, don't worry, I'll take care of it. I go, who is this man who called me sweetheart? I don't want him here. I'm like, oh, shit. So See, words look at that back right? in the 80s. Yeah. But it just it's unprofessional, and that's why. And those are just some of the unprofessional stuff. But what I'm talking about is words that could change your team's demeanor instantly. Authority might be one of them. I'm in a position of leadership, right, which is different than authority. It, they're interchangeable. One sounds better to the team because you're leading them, which you are. And the other one sounds like you're talking down to them. And that's the difference. And there's a ton of words like that. And I will tell you every month in our strategic initiative meeting, words are brain food. Margaret, thank you again. Words are brain food is one of my line items to always talk about it. And, and throughout each month, when I hear a word or I hear someone say something, I put the word out there for everybody to see the difference, and we do something along the lines of this. Are we all perfect? No. Can we fall into the trap of speaking to somebody 
who uses those words? Yes, but again, it's all about evolving and getting better every day. So one thing when you're dealing with the employees, you can be you can be friendly, but you can't be their friends. There's always got to be that. There's a fine line. I would agree, and it's tough because you want to be friendly with them. It's just tough. It's a fine line that you have to and traverse. Thing, thing that I did. You could come and play golf at Reese Park. Some of you don't know what that is. It's a par three course. I call it the executive course. And every Sunday, a bunch of guys would be there. Every Sunday you'd play, would get on a different team or different foursome. And you found out that the employees, the not employees, the team members opened up about a lot of stuff that they didn't feel comfortable about opening up in a in the office. So, so we're out playing now, we're having a good time joking around. And oh, this guy's boss is laughing. He usually never laughs. I don't see him laugh this much. Or anyway, it, well, yes, and that goes back to what I said about team engagement and continuing to have events throughout the year, even though that wasn't a quote-unquote scheduled event. And first of all, there were no emails, but you basically just told your team, "Hey, we're going to go out on Sunday. Anybody that wants to go, be at the office." I remember I used to go as a kid be at the office at 7 o'clock in the morning, and we're all going to go together. We'll, we'll carpool to save money on parking, all of that. So it was the same thing. It just, at the time, it wasn't not, I don't want to say you weren't conscious of it, but it was a subconscious effort. You knew what you wanted to do, but it wasn't like, we have to do this. You weren't telling your managers like, hey, make sure you're engaging with the team every day, whatever, you know what I mean? And that's the evolution. You were already doing it. But you had a holiday party, and then you did these events. <laughs> you didn't do... Oh, God. There just wasn't as much thought into it. It was generic and natural, which is amazing to well, think about. Holiday party, I got that idea from my friend Jimmy Kelly, who always had... He had a lot of parties, but I remember the Christmas parties or holiday parties were the best. And I could see... all the, He was in construction. All these hard guys, tough-looking men, all... Everybody was so happy and together, and that stuck with me as I progressed. I'm like, yeah, we can get these guys to, they're not going to each other, they're going to accept each other. And if the, the, the picnic we had was up in, I don't know, someplace, you rent the spot. I'm going to say in the woods, but there was a lake there, it was run by some organization. And it was great. You brought the kitties and the wife and a lot of good times, and it was good. And then we were giving out turkeys. At Thanksgiving, that somebody ruined that way. How come he got a bigger turkey? I go, what are you talking about? Well, his turkey's four ounces heavier than mine. I go, that's it. No more turkeys. I don't need this so funny you mentioned turkeys. We we like to do a lot of charitable stuff, and we were going to do a turkey giveaway, and we were informed that it's too risky from a liability standpoint if colony gives turkeys away and god forbid somebody it's just crazy when you start to think about somebody it. gets a, somebody had, salmonella something if it's from the turkey you gave out they to have them. excessive gas rolls running to the lawyers whatever the case is though sometimes you can't do good or you got to figure out a way around it so the way around that just so everybody knows is you buy vouchers or you give out vouchers for a free turkey from your local supermarket you can partner with or them you're smart and then the onus remains on the supermarket as far as the liability. So just if you decide to do that, remember where you heard that. So new, the new, everything that we're talking about, AOPC, can't say enough about it. Make sure you go out there, check out autofthephonecall.com. 
the seminar. You're going to start to see a lot about it in Puerto Rico in February. It's about how to grow your business, how to achieve your goals. Your brain is going to be fed a lot of new ideas. And like, like I was saying, I learned things from my friends and, and they were very helpful. But the people that are going to be with us down in Puerto Rico, that's their job. That's their company. You got a big business. Is it big enough? Can it be better? Of course, it could always be better. If you're a new guy and you want to just come in and maybe you're doing, you got a small company doing a half a million a year, why can't you make it into a couple of million? Come to this. The size doesn't matter. You could come as a startup and you'll learn a tremendous amount as a startup. If you're a one-person operation and you have 10 accounts, it's still a good good seminar. Listen, we are bringing some of the best speakers that will feed off of each other to help you get where you want to go. And you also have us. We're going to be talking a little bit too. But really, remember, it's going to be building your business to function on its own, whether that means to sell it someday or just that you could focus on other things to make more money or focus on the work-life balance and on your family. The other piece is team engagement, which also ties into growing the business, making sure the team is happy and your customer service is on point. And then mental health and wellness, which is something that you and I and all of us need to really pay attention to. And again, once you have all of these things, you can also start to work with your team better. With Insperity, they have some pieces like that once you join with them, where you have access to some mental health and wellness tools. So a lot of that stuff, I can't say enough about this lineup that we have. And what better place to be in February than a tropical location, right? Yeah, it's like Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth, Roger Maris, Mickey, Duke Snyder, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, all came to the same place. It's like bringing an all-star team to play. This is the all-star lineup. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Other than that, the summer is almost over. We're going to enjoy it as much as we can. I'm going to uh, I'm going to meet my friend Rick up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, see a couple of shows, smoke some good cigars. You should reach out to our friend Jeff when you're up there. Who's Jeff King from the Pest Rangers? We've interviewed him a couple of times. Oh, yeah. He's a friend. Nice you know guy. I, yeah, I had dinner with him. Yes. They all were very excited to attend your birthday bash in Las Vegas. <laughs> Who's that guy that crammed that stuff down my throat? Jeremy from Two Step Reviews. <laughs> I got to keep an eye out for him. He didn't cram it down your throat, but he did. He was. He pulled a U on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jeremy, that's true. You pulled the U on an Ed on himself. That's I never forgave myself. That's amazing. Whatever. So you find, you tried sushi, Jeremy. Thanks for getting him to try real sushi. I remember the first time in Chicago for the first ever Bed Bug Summit. And we were all at the bar and everybody's ordering sushi. And Ed's, I'm not fucking ordering sushi. Blah, blah, blah. And then I showed him a steak sushi roll. And there was no raw fish in it at all. He was like, I'm eating sushi. And then walked around the bar. Sushi, sushi, <laughs> everybody means because everybody broke his ball. So it's, but it was cooked red meat. Anyway, so yeah. So what's the it's problem? It's raw fish. With sushi? People die from that. You eat fucking raw pork. No, I don't. I you, I, you cook I pork. Eat. How do you cook it? I cook it the way it should be cooked. Not how's like that? Shoe how's like that, Doctor Sheehan? That's where it's pink in the middle. Pork, pink in the middle, everybody. Right. And it. let's just say, Ed doesn't necessarily buy USDA quality meats. Yes, I do. No, you do not. How'd you enjoy them hamburgers over the weekend? They were okay. So every once in a while when I come down, 
he goes to an actual butcher and tries to get the good stuff because I break his balls about the crap that he tries yeah. to serve us. So the lesson here is... Do I'm not st- eat raw pork. I'm still alive. You know what? I, next time I, I cook a pork chop, I'm going to videotape it and send it to you when it comes out, and then I'm going to eat it in front of you, and then I'll call you the next day. If I don't call, maybe you got a problem. Anyway, it's just he's just stuck in his ways for whatever reason. He doesn't want to eat sushi. Last night, I had this delicious steak. Oh, God. A real pink in the middle. Just melts in your mouth. Not... Joey cooks a lot of good stuff, but don't let him cook steak. It's Because if you want Joey's steak, just take a... Uh, you get an old shoe. That's not and true. chew the old shoe. And that's... I cook steak medium. Really? Yes. I cook mine... Yours is rare. We like to call yours blue-black. A little rare. And, and oh, I don't care what Joey tells you. It's not mooing. <laughs> it's close. It's... Even You know what? It's a matter of taste. Let's leave it at that. I would agree, but certain things like raw pork is not a matter of taste. It's a matter of health. What's up, everybody? Joey Sauce from Colony Confidential. Do you want the cheat code to have happy customers? Make sure you go and sign up for order the phone call. We call it AOPC. It's your chance to learn from the leader in this space, Margaret Garcia from Grip PPO. Her team answers hundreds of phone calls every day for companies large and small, and she's teaching you the key secrets to closing sales on the phone, handling your customer complaints, and getting it all done in less time. Make sure to go visit us at theartofthephonecall.com.